You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Your circumstances and your experiences cannot change the truth that God is a good God. Some people many years ago, religious folks, used to be offended when people come out and say, God is good. It was said that great ministers like Dr. Or Roberts were one of those that made that statement popular in his day. God is good. And some people get offended. So he asks, is God bad? He said, no. So is he good? Yes. So why are you offended? And it is, don't say it like that. How should we say it? God is good. How should we say it? Amen. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. So let me tell two people, God is good. And he doesn't need your votes to be good. He's good all by himself. Amen. Are we together? He's not campaigning so that you will vote that he's good. He's a good God. And this morning, allow him to shower his goodness on you again. The gospel reveals the goodness of God. In Romans 1 verse 16 and 17, popular verse of scripture, Paul was speaking. He said, for I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And most of the time when we talk about our scripture, some people don't understand. He's not talking about being shy. No, he's saying that the gospel will not embarrass me. Amen. It will not disappoint me. Amen. He said, for it is the power of God. It always delivers. It is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then verse 17 says, For therein, that means in the gospel, is the righteousness, the goodness, the nature of God is revealed. Amen. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Some people are looking for the righteousness of God somewhere else. No. Only the gospel can reveal the righteousness of God. That means anytime you hear the gospel, you have a peep into the righteousness of God. You begin to see what it is. And understand what it is. Nobody can teach you about God more than God. Hallelujah. Are we together? One of the prayers of Paul was that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Okay, it starts by saying that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Not just revelation on how to do business. No, in the knowledge of him. And my prayer is that this year, 
you have revelation in the knowledge of him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Revelation in the knowledge of him. When you have revelation in the knowledge of him, there are some questions you will stop asking. The questions have come up because you don't understand him. This morning, I want to continue along the lines of what we've been talking about. We've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. Amen. And we've been concerned about spiritual growth. Growing up spiritually. So allow me to continue from there. Hallelujah. I'll be speaking briefly. We have a meeting in the evening, right? How many of you have been part of three days of revelation? It's been awesome. This evening is the last session. Make sure you're part of it. Amen. We've had amazing testimonies. I was even hearing some testimonies this morning, you know, of some folks that were here yesterday. You know, there was a young man yesterday that I, I prayed for. He, um, they had told me they were bringing someone that had a problem with his heart or chest or whatever it was. And then he came yesterday. It was the first time. And you know, I kept checking that guy. Amen. I kept checking the guy. And the pains were gone. Hallelujah. He was totally healed. I made him take all the positions that normally would cause him discomfort. Are you understanding me? And he was free. Who does that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Who does that? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's try and stay on course. Ephesians 4. Let me read from verse 11. Now you understand that We've been looking at this from verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says four. Everybody say four. Now, what is important to understand that God is not just showing us in scripture the giftings. He's also making us understand what they are for. Hallelujah. What the apostle is for. What the prophet is for. What the evangelist is for. What the pastor and teacher is for. Why he gave these gifts. Why are these supernatural abilities at work in these people? It is for. Hallelujah. Because the issue is this. It doesn't matter what the gift is. It doesn't matter what the calling is. At the end of the day, it is for. Amen. For the perfecting of the saints. If the apostolic gift is not perfecting the saints, it's not fulfilling purpose. If the prophetic gift is not perfecting the saints, it's not fulfilling purpose. If the evangelistic gift is not perfecting the saints, it's not fulfilling purpose. You know, in the early days, many years ago, people were taught in the body of Christ that the job of the evangelist is outside the church. Amen. He has no business to be inside the church. That's a big lie. Amen. That's inconsistent with scripture. The scripture said, whether he's an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, his primary role is for the perfecting 
of the saints. Amen. That means he has a place with the saints too. Amen. There's no gifts. None of the fivefold ministries as we call them. That doesn't have a place with the saints. Amen. He said for the perfecting. Now when he talks about perfecting. There are some translations that say maturing. But the most accurate translation should say the complete furnishing. Hallelujah. The complete furnishing or the equipping of the saints. That means there are certain faculties within the fivefold ministries that enable the saints, amen, to do the work of the ministry. Are you listening to me? And this, 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 this wiring is, is, is of God. That means the saints must recognize that he needs to be furnished. He needs to be equipped. I made a statement earlier, last Sunday or thereabouts, and I talked about how passion is not enough. Hallelujah. And passion is a good thing. Amen. When it's in the right context. But passion is not enough. There are some people that are passionate. But they can't find the skill sets, amen, to pursue and fulfill that or give expression to that passion. And that's where these giftings come in. Hallelujah. Are we together? The job of the apostle, the prophet, is not to, you know, some people, uh, now I'm not talking to the apostle and prophet and pastor per se, we're not having um, a minister's conference. But if I was speaking in that light, I would say, the job... (laughs) It's not about, (laughs) I don't know how to put it without sounding offensive. If what you are doing is not equipping, furnishing the saints, then you're not fulfilling your calling. Amen. Am I communicating? But now the saints, even the apostle is a saint. I hope you know that. Even the prophet is a saint. I hope you know that. The evangelist, the pastor and teacher is also a saint. That means that even in his role, he needs to be equipped too. Amen. It's a symbiotic fellowship or relationship. You might be, you yourself are being equipped. Amen. Are we together? So, a lot of times, when people receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I say it this way, salvation is not the end. It is the beginning. Amen. Okay, now we're born again. What are we going to do next? There's an old song, it's a secular song, say, now that we've found love, what are we going to do with it? Now you've found Christ, what are you going to do with him? Amen. Now you're born again, what next? They say, okay, okay, I'm saved. Now you're saved. What's next? Paul spoke about that in Colossians 2 verse 6. In Colossians chapter 2, I like them to put it up. Verse 6. It says there, As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Amen. As he have therefore received Christ Jesus, that means you received him. Say, I've received him. And if you're here, you've not received him, you can receive him this morning. Amen. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so 
work in him. Amen. That means there is a work. Everybody said there is a work. Now, I'm not talking about W-O-R-K work. Alright? There is a work. That means he will lead you on a path. Hallelujah. He will take you along. There's a conduct. There's a path ordained for you. So, as you have received him, so walk in him. Some have received him, but they've refused to walk in him. Glory to God. Walking in him is the spiritual growth we're talking about. That means you're moving from where you are to the next level. I always explain that natural things and spiritual things, there is a relationship. Because all natural things were born of, of, of the, of, from the realm of the spirit. Amen. So there's a similarity. Whatever exists in the natural, exists in the supernatural or in the spirit realm. But there are things that exist in the spirit realm that don't exist in the natural realm. Because the spirit realm is superior and more developed. Amen. Growth in the natural. Every child that is born is a full human being. Do you agree with me? A child that was born today, is he a full human being? Is he, is he half a human? He's full, fully human, right? But he's not fully grown. You agree with me? Everyone that received Christ is a full believer. Hallelujah. He's a child of God. But he's not fully grown. Amen. And there are conditions that help that child to grow. It's not every child that was born that grew. Some had issues. Amen. If a child is born and he's not fed, he's not nurtured or cared for, something will go wrong. There is nobody that was born into this world that somebody did not help. Did you hear me? Some of you now, you are adults, your head is very big now. But somebody carried you. Am I communicating? Somebody carried you. Let me tell somebody beside you, they carried you. You know, someone put it this way. He said, no matter how big you are in this life, somebody has to dress you, at least at birth and death. Is that not so? Yeah. When you were born, Jesus said, no, 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 take off that suit. I don't want that one. Give me the bow tie. Anything the person dressing you wants to put on you is what they put on you. There are some of you that are guys now, you're doing your big chest. They were wearing you dress as a baby. <laughs> it's a dress you were wearing. Amen. It's a dress. You know, there are pictures like that. Yeah, they wear you a dress. Macho man, you were wearing a dress. You, why was that so? Because someone else was responsible. Amen. To help you until you could now help yourself. In the natural that means that the way God organized the system, how humanity functions, is that humans will always need humans. The only people that came on the scene and didn't grow were Adam and Eve. And God had a problem with them. Amen. Every other person had to be born. Amen. And grow. And for as long as you were born, someone had to help you. It is the same in the spirit realm. Amen. If someone gets born again, he has to be helped. Glory to God. He has to grow. Somebody must take responsibility. That's where the church comes in. Amen. 
And at the same time, you yourself, you must yield, hallelujah, to be raised. Imagine a child is born. As an advert, I think I, no, so it was, it was, it was, it was something on social media I saw some time ago about a child that was born and as he came out from the womb, he took a phone and took a selfie. And posted it, just born or something like that. <laughs> you know, then he left the hospital. <laughs> some of you have seen the video, you know. <laughs> now imagine a child that is born. As he comes out of the womb, he takes the best sheet, wraps himself, and says, all right, see you guys later. I'm going to fulfill my calling. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. Listen to me. It doesn't happen that way. Somebody has to carry that child. Somebody has to feed that child. Somebody has to nurse that child. A child left to himself will not develop. Hallelujah. So in the same way, when someone receives Jesus, there's the next thing. Tap your number and say, there's the next thing. You're supposed to grow. And growth, I made a statement last Sunday, growth does not happen, it's not, it's not automatic per se. Let me put it, what I mean. Is that if you don't apply yourself to what will produce growth, growth will not happen. Growth doesn't on its own happen through time. No! Spiritually, no. Oh, you're just born again, you just sit down, and after five years you'll be spiritually grown. No. Some of you know what I'm talking about now. You know now. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Then you can see someone else that is applying himself and is growing, advancing. Have you seen some older Christians trying to shut up some Christians that are vibrant for God? Say, hey, 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 hey. I got born again during the civil war. What can you teach me? They might be able to teach you something. Why? Because they've been applying themselves. The illustration I love using, and which makes it so clear, is how pilots rate themselves. Are you with me? And I use that illustration. Now, all of us might have gone to aviation school, as they call it. Okay? Maybe we all went to aviation school in the year 2000. We graduated. Two of us graduated on the same day. Does not mean we're on the same level in 2018. If you graduated in 2000 from aviation school, you have a license, all right? Maybe to, to, as a pilot to fly. I also have a license to fly. But after then, I fold my license and keep somewhere. But the other guy is flying every day. Flying at least three hours every day. Oh, they start counting flight hours. They call it flight hours. Are you understanding me? When they want to employ, they're not asking, when did you graduate from aviation school? How many flight hours do you have? That means that you are not just a pilot. You have been flying. Amen. Are we together? Flight hours. It's the same thing about our faith. Some are born again, but they're not flying. Amen. They've just folded their salvation certificate and kept somewhere. But there are others that are engaging their faith. Amen. Engaging their faith. Serving the Lord. Working out the, um, uh, their faith. You know, as the scripture says, working out their salvation. Amen. And they're doing things. It will not be the same with the one that is just sitting down and attending me and shouting, Glory! Preacher and preacher. Amen. It's not going to be the same thing. Knowledge alone 
does not produce spiritual growth. Get that? Say knowledge. Knowledge alone does not produce spiritual growth. Have you not even seen Paul was writing? He said knowledge perfect up. Knowledge can even make you more <laughs> irrational. Because you feel you know. Amen. But knowledge with experience. Hallelujah. Experience in the knowledge. That means you've put to practice what you know. That produces growth. That means it is really impossible for spiritual growth to happen in isolation. Spiritual growth happens as we expose ourselves to the opportunities that the Spirit of God brings our way. Amen. And also apply ourselves to them. I was a student several years ago. And I had some brethren that came to me as a campus leader then, campus fellowship. And a group of sisters actually. And then they said, we were like beginning of the semester. So they were trying to get accommodation. So this sister had gotten accommodation. But she said, I said, I heard you you got accommodation. He said, uh, no, I'm still looking for accommodation. Uh, no, no, but they told me you just had accommodation. No, I, I don't want to stay there. Why? Hey, there are some witches, there's some girls that are witches that are in my room. I said, great opportunity. How would you know how to exercise your authority in Christ if you don't meet a witch in your life? How will a believer be praying? He doesn't want to meet a demon. He doesn't want to meet a witch. How will you exercise your authority? Where again? Are you understand what I'm saying? You know, I had a group of pastors some years ago. I, I asked them. I said, how many of you have casted out devils before? And I saw maybe one or two. The others are not cast out devils. And I said, what are you pastoring? If you're going to pastor, you're going to be dealing with other people's demons. Amen. And you've never met a demon. Amen. <laughs> so what are you pastoring? So we closed the meeting. And I said, today, I prophesy to you. This week, you will all meet demons in Jesus' name. They didn't want to say amen, but they all met demons in different ways. Amen. We know the story. Amen. I said you will meet demons. Because you have to confront. Listen to me. That's the only way we know. You know to say, hey, I have authority. In the name of Jesus. No, no, no. Let Satan show up. We know who has authority. That's why it bothers me when a sister that prays in tongues so much. You see cockroach, you take off. I can't, I can't connect it. Are you understanding me? It doesn't add up. Are you understanding me? Cockroach. You couldn't just catch the cockroach. I said catch it. <laughs> just catch it in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you what to do. Amen. When you meet a cockroach again. Amen. I think this is rainy season. They'll be around. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Baby's on the floor. Step on it. Stop running around the house. <laughs> you even call a brother that is in is in Lagos. <laughs> hey, come on, see what's the matter? What's the matter? Cockroach, 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 cockroach. What were you doing just before the cockroach came? You were speaking in tongues. Abba. 
Praise the Lord. If a cockroach is carrying you, what will happen when you meet Mr. Lucy? A.K.A. Setano. <laughs> when you meet him, what will happen? What will you do? <laughs> Don't be the kind of believer that is in church. And then they say, let's take authority. So we take authority. Every, every, everything that's going wrong, we take authority. Satan will put a stop. We command you, go in the name of Jesus. And you are all praying the same prayer. Then you start going home. And you're about to cross the road. Satan will come and say, Is it me you are binding in church? He says, Satan, you know, only me. I don't have a problem with you. Pastor said, Pastor said, we should buy, What will I do? You know, Satan, I don't look for your trouble. I go my way, you go your way. Are you understanding me? You start meeting believers that apologize to Satan. Now listen to me. If you're always afraid, always afraid, it's a sign of immaturity. Because it means that the word of God has not had dominion over your heart and your mind, your thinking. You wake up in the morning. It's you that kept the the, 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 on a hanger close to the fan. You are the one that kept it. You kept it in the night there so that when you wake up in the morning, wait. Then at night now the fan is blowing the shirts. <laughs> you run to your neighbor's house. They have come, they have come, they have come. <laughs> and just before you put off the light, you are the one declaring, I take authority. I'm the territorial spirit. When you saw that, you ran to your neighbor's house that was not praying. And the neighbor that never prays and is not praying is the one that came with stick to your room to find out what happened. Abba. Amen. No. Listen to me. When you yield to God's word and you yield to the spirit, boldness comes. Are you understanding me? Boldness comes. It's boldness, not that you are trying to walk it up. No, no, no. It just comes. The word in your heart produces boldness. The anointing of God upon you produces boldness. Amen. You woke up in the morning, you coughed the first time. You coughed the second time. You say, cough, cough, cough. You say, hey, they, they have come for me. They have come for me. Why are you so afraid? Now let me say this to you. If you are the one I'm talking to, and that's how it has been, you're always afraid. It means you need to grow. Amen. You need to grow. That's what it means. It means that you need to grow. It means some of these things, listen to me, these things are not convictions to you. You've heard them, but they have not become convictions. You know what a conviction is? <laughs> Let me use it the way, in a negative way in which most of you understand. Some of you hear about stronghold. Ever stronghold? 
Stronghold. The one you say pulling down stronghold. Stronghold. A stronghold is a mindset that is locked. It has to be broken for it to change. Amen. That's a stronghold. Now, the conviction here, positively, should be a stronghold. Amen. Are we together? That means that you are absolutely convinced. You're not trying to see whether it's going to work. You know. Amen. And conviction takes time. It means sometimes you've stayed with that thing over and over again until conviction has formed. I saw a young man years ago and um, he had his um, his trousers, we could say pants in America, say pants, his trousers down, you know, and uh, he walking funny, you know those kind of things. So, and he, he's a believer, you know. So one day I went to visit him. When I got to his house, I saw the message, um, I don't call him, the CDs and videos he had in his room. They were all American rap artists. Are you understanding me? The whole gang. Are you understanding me? The whole gang. This one, that one, that one, that one, this one, that one, that one, all over the place with their posters on the wall. Now, he has received Christ, but he's still carrying the conviction of Snoop Doggy Dog. Are you understanding me? He has received Christ. But the conviction he has in his heart, the music, what they've said in their songs is his gospel. Are you listening to me? Now, listen, it won't work for you that way. Amen. When situations arise, what will come out, what will be dominant on your spirit is your conviction. Are you listening to me? I've had close people around me, you know, that have had experiences, spiritual experiences. One of them is my dad. And they will tell you the same thing. And I've had those kind of experiences too. You know, some people tell you that, hey, you mean, someone asked me, you've seen Jesus before? You've seen an angel before? Why didn't you ask him, you know, then they start telling you things to ask. <laughs> okay, let me tell you my dad's story. You know, he had this visitation one time, sometime in the 80s. And um, he said, the Lord said this to him, and the Lord said that to him, and the Lord said that to him. But he said he forgot to ask a question he thought he was going to ask. Are you understanding me? Then I didn't understand it. But now I understand it. Amen. Are we together? See, in the realm of the spirit, your convictions are loud. Amen. Are you listening to me? They are loud. They are loud. Very loud. So, most of the time, when those kind of things happen, you might never remember some things. You think they are important to you. Are you understanding me? But really they are not. Is the core things that will come out. Hallelujah. Are we together? In the same way, when things hit you, when circumstances come, wind, negative winds come in your life, what 
comes out is what you are made of is the convictions you have. Hello? And so you find that sometimes believers are saying, by stripes and healed. By stripes and healed. By stripes, give me the panadol. By stripes, <laughs> by stripes and healed. Oh, I don't know what's doing. My head is exploding. Oh. <laughs> now, I'm not criticizing you. Understand me. Everybody's at a place, but you can move. Amen. If that's how it is for you, you can come to a place. As I told someone once, I said, when it comes to sickness, healing, start from where you are. Hallelujah. Someone once came and met me and said, I don't understand. There are these rashes on my hand. You know, this thing, I don't understand what it is. I said, um, is it life-threatening? He said, no, of course. It's just that I don't like some kind of funny things on my hand, you know. You know how some people talk. I said, okay, um, does it affect you when you're sleeping? He said, no. Does it affect you writing, doing anything? He said, no. I said, this is a good time to use your faith. Amen. <laughs> All right. I said, now, the things you have been learning, be praying. Don't apply anything on it. Then come and tell me it has worked. That's not what he was expecting to hear. Yeah. That means he doesn't even trust. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, this is a good place to apply your faith. I'll show you what to do. I said, now look at that thing and say, in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. I command you to go as you came. Then wake up the next morning, he's still there. Say, I declared that you are gone and you are gone. Are you understanding me? I said, if you don't start like that, didn't they come and say, um, um, the medical reports, um, please sit down, sit down. You see, this is not a very easy thing for doctors like us to communicate to people. But, you know, uh, the medical report is not good. Um, it is called, <laughs> you know, when they even call the sickness, it's like they shot you. Pow! <laughs> now, someone, that had never told headache in the name of Jesus. Lose your grip on my head. He has never said it. He has never had pain on his leg. And then he said, Satan said, I command the pain to leave in Jesus' name. Is it the day the doctor told you, you have canisoma, kamato, katea, katea? You know, his tongues. Is it the day the doctor told you that one? That you now say, hey, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. A child of God is not, it's not, it's not, nobody's arguing with you. Children of God go to meet the Lord. Amen. That's not the day to be shouting, I'm a child of God. You didn't shout child of God when you had a headache. My brother. <laughs> you know those kind of things. You know, somebody was sick. And I said, do I No, no. I said, they said, yeah, I don't want to do a surgery. I don't want to pastor. Pastor pray. I don't want to do a surgery. They called me. I said, carry him in the car. Drive him to the hospital. <laughs> And ensure that he doesn't live there until he starts the procedure. They say, Pastor, is that what you say? I say, yes. Because I know that that one has no leak of faith. 
You're running around town. You're not even in church on Sunday. You're not, you don't have any tape in your house. You don't read your Bible on your own. When they now told you Sunday, say, no, man of God, we need to do something. <laughs> nothing is going to happen. You will die. Oh. Are you understanding me? I'm telling you, you will die for nothing. Just go to the hospital. There are people that when they call for those kind of things, we'll stand with them. Amen. We'll stand with them. We say, no, it, no, it's not going to happen. We know that we can connect on that level. Are you listening to me? Then there are some others, you know that, thank God for medical profession. The medical profession is for the others. Are you understanding me? Amen. Yes, God is very wise. He knows that everybody will not be able to exercise their faith and walk in the light of God's word until they receive healing. The doctor will help you to be alive to use your faith next time. Amen. Amen. So don't behave like doctors are enemies of progress. Doctors are also partners with God. Amen. So it's not in a crisis situation. That now you want to now say, okay now, no, I want to. That, the same thing applies even in the leading of the spirits. You meet a believer. He has not even been led of the spirits when it comes to, he's sitting now in church. There's 50 naira in this pocket. There's 100 naira in this pocket. The Holy Ghost have never led him give 100. Are you understanding me? His two hands are in his pocket when the service is going on. He's feeling the notes. He's feeling the notes. Mba. <laughs> he brings out the other one. No matter what the Holy Ghost is saying to him, he puts the 15 naira in. He didn't follow the leading of the Spirit. It's when it comes to one business venture that is in millions of dollars. He said, Lord, I need your leading now. <laughs> Listen, we grow in spiritual things. They don't just fall on us. Amen. A young lady met me once and said a young man wanted to get married to her. I said, okay, you like him? She said, yes. I said, okay. Um, why, why, why are you convinced that he should be the one? There are many other young people there many other guys around you. Why that one? He said, he said the Lord led him. I said, that one said the Lord led him. Go and call him. <laughs> Go and call him. I don't know when the Lord started leading him. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord has any other thing. Now, man, that the Lord will start leading Glory to God. That way. It doesn't happen that way. Amen. No, it doesn't happen that way. There has to be at least a history, amen, of being led of the Spirit. You hear people say, Oh, you see a believer, you tell something like, oh, I woke up in the morning. I wanted to rush out, but I had a prompt in my heart to read my Bible. Simple. Are you understanding me? I started reading my Bible. As I was reading it, do you know what? Thank God I even stayed back to read because so so happened. Are you with me? 
Oh, I wanted to spend some time praying. The Lord just led me to worship. As I was worshiping, you will hear there's a you will hear there's a history, amen, of leadings with simple things. I was driving out of my house. I normally turn left, but I just had in my heart to turn right. And I turned right, only to find out in the left, so 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 was going on. Are you with me? There's already that kind of testimony before the person now says, Wow. The Lord led me to start this kind of big business. You can adjust. You can understand. He meets a brother. He has never been led by the Spirit. He even never even wants to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to him. Then one day he comes to say, the Lord is leading me. Amen. We have to ask which Lord. Amen. When did you, when did you reconcile? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Hallelujah. So you must understand that. Lift your hand. Say spiritual growth. Spiritual maturity is God's plan for me. Glory to God. Very important. Very important. So we start from where we are. We yield ourselves. To the word of God. The opportunities that come. We don't dodge them. If you are a believer. You always dodge opportunities. To help others. You dodge opportunities to serve. You know what? You are actually dodging an opportunity to grow. Amen. Let me go back to the story I was telling. About the lady. Um, and I've heard that several times. That didn't want to stay in the hostel. Because the people were witches. I said, I said, you know, I want to stay with fellow believers. I said, see, I understand the thing about associating with fellow believers. But let me explain something to you. There are certain things that you can only learn because you were exposed to unbelievers. Hallelujah. Some people never preach the gospel. You know why? Because they're always around everybody that is saved. Are you as enemy? So they've never had the opportunity to share the gospel. Your, your friend is born again. Your na- everybody's born. In short, the neighborhood is, 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 is called Covenant Estate. Are you understanding me? <laughs> because all of you went there and bought house together. The other one across is, a, is in social department. This one across is this department. In short, the street, the person cleaning the street too is a member of the church. Are you getting me? You're already in heaven now. <laughs> and that's how some people want to live, you know? They want to live like that. Because they have a superior revelation to Jesus Christ. Jesus is not as righteous as they are. Because Jesus went to the house of Zacchaeus. Amen. Let me say this to you. Opportunities to serve and opportunities to help people are opportunities to grow. So if you are a believer that you are so skilled in dodging, say, is there a prayer meeting? He. Are they going for evangelism? Hide me, hide me, hide me. You take off. Are they cleaning the church? Every time you dodge that, you dodge an opportunity to grow. No, you know, some people don't understand. That we're pastoring. I didn't drop from the sky. Amen. We grew. We grew. It took time. 
And also look at some people that just think like, you know, hey, Pastor TV, you guys, I've been around though, I don't tell. I've been around. I've been around. Amen. And we've grown. Growth. Let me explain something to you. Some of the things we're doing today were things that we were called to come and help do something. And then we learned. Are you understanding me? Yeah. So I look back and I wonder, what if I didn't apply myself or yield to those things? The main things I would not have learned. Amen. I used to join folks. So, oh, let's go for missions crusades. Then we'll go for this crusade. Then we'll go for that crusade. It helped me a lot. I didn't know what it was at that time. I didn't know that this is what it would do in my life at that time. But I wasn't dodging the responsibilities. Amen? I wasn't dodging responsibilities. We've carried benches in the days campus ministry. We used to arrange the place so that the service would hold. Are you understanding me? And so the benches were far away. And the fellowship meeting was far away. For some of you that know University of Port Harcourt, we used to have the fellowship somewhere inside Choba Park. There's a place it's called Botanical Garden inside Choba Park. It's some of you, maybe it's not far from the chemical engineering and the, all those areas there. Then, you know where we used to carry the benches from? Delta Park. Not with transport though. No, no, with, tra- with transport. With transport. You know, I look at some young people serving the Lord today. They go and bring speaker. You take drop. <laughs> Even hire a cab. You understand that? Hire for three hours. You understand that? It will carry you, carry you, and then go and drop you in the house. You are blessed. <laughs> go and ask. Benches. And the benches should be given to us by deeper life. You know, all their things are very serious. Are you understanding me? Even their bench is very serious. Amen. The bench, I don't, they, whether they use mahogany to make it, the, the bench is so heavy. It's a long bench that can carry maybe seven people at the same time. Are you understanding me? Long bench. We used to use benches then. Long bench like that. One person can't carry it. So one person will be at the other end. The other person will be at the other end. We'll hold, put you on our head. Carry it from Delta Park. We'll walk. You know, we'll cross that T-junction. You understand that? Cross the T-junction like that. Carry it. The after fellowship will carry it back. I said, maybe that's why I didn't improve beyond this. <laughs> part of our work. We didn't dodge it. We'll come, uh, we'll finish lectures around 4.35, we're there, we'll, we'll go and carry the benches, you know, go and drop, arrange the place, service will be over, we'll carry the One of the times I will carry the benches, I fell into a gutter. We're trying to, because we're carrying it, we're crossing, and I fell and cut my, my fingernail went off. That day I cried like a baby. They said, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. You're a man. I said, it's any me, I will cry. <laughs> I don't, don't tell me that you're a man thing. Amen. If something pain, somebody is supposed to cry. <laughs> Praise God. I didn't say after that. I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore. <laughs> you know, 
some people make me laugh. Say you are coming to church, the sole of your shoe went off, you are discouraged. <laughs> you are discouraged. And we'll be there, service will hold, and then we'll go back, return the benches. Now, those opportunities to organize those meetings and arrange those places, I began to see them come. That's why, you, you take me to any city, any country, anywhere in the world. If I enter, I know how to organize a meeting. Oh, where this should be, where should be, where should be. <laughs> I was telling somebody, I said, there's a way a pastor thinks. Sometimes you enter a banking hall, you're in the bank, you're just thinking, where would the poopy to be there? <laughs> Ushers will stand here. <laughs> they will not use this door, we'll use this other door. <laughs> you have already arranged the hall. Are you understanding me? That's, you know, that mindset, that thinking, it came from all those things. Hallelujah. And we were excited, serving. Then we're like, what next to do? The service is over, we're waiting. Not, in a, not looking for a way to run away so that we won't be giving. You know, some people, something happened years ago in church. Then we were still at. Um, one, two, we're three venues away from here, alright? So, um, that would have been um, OJ Maroni. So, um, the leader of the housekeeping, you know, we used to call it housekeeping, venue managers, and like that. you know, the leader was um, Dickiness Temme then. Dickiness Temme is a grandma. Where is she? Okay, see her there, yeah. So, she's a grandma. She was the leader of the team. Now, and I put her with young people. You, 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 all of you are in the same department, alright? Your job is to come to church an hour or so before, set up the place, because it was not our permanent venue, like here, it's not like our fixed venue, you understand that? We used to set up for service, and then when we finish service, we dismantle, that's how we were doing it. So, they're supposed to come and set up the place an hour before, decorate, put up the stage drop, and all that, and all that. I will come then. She's the only one that is around. Ah, where are the young people? They've not woken up. I was wondering. Praise God. I began to wonder. I said, what's wrong? Praise God. You know, that's why this thing Buari was saying, you know. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Glory to God. Now, service will be over. There are some people that have um, children, okay, that are hungry, that they're going to give food. If some of them are running home, we understand. Now, you see a young man that church closes. By five o'clock, you might still see him at Mr. Um, at Chicken Republic hanging around. You understand that? Then church closes. He's running out. Where you they go? Where are you going to? The young lady, where, where are you going to? I'm not saying that if you are married and you have children, you have retired in Christ. That's how some people ask. That's some, you know, have you seen some people, they just had one child, two children. 
they have become retired mummies in the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You cannot do work again in the house of God. One child. <laughs> if you are a grandma, what will happen? We will move service to your house. <laughs> Am I communicating? Don't dodge opportunities to help or serve. Form a new mindset. Develop a new mindset. If church closes, you're looking for ways to help. Everything that was set up here, somebody did it. We don't have angels that come and set up for us. Amen. And then when we finish, no, 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 no. They are human beings. So, oh, how is service? Oh, you have a, you have a, a fellowship you belong to. You will carry out service tasks. You are not involved. That's wrong. Amen. That's wrong. It is not different from a man that has children and then they wake up in the morning and say, Daddy, we don't have food to eat. He says, so what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you remember that? Eat my hand. <laughs> Irresponsible. So in the same way, a brother or sister in a fellowship group that they all have a responsibility they carry out but you are not in any way contributing. That is irresponsible. Amen. And now, today, because you heard the message, you go and ask, what are we doing? But don't just ask today. Let it be how you function all the time. Amen. I know some of you, mayors, you will see your people, just go, um, pastor, so what are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we doing? But I know we need to, we are not irresponsible. You understand? Don't just do it today. Every other day, your fellowship that you belong to, participate in what they are doing. Whatever you do, there is a way you can participate. Hallelujah. There's a way you can participate. There's a way you can participate. I was talking to a young man once. He's so involved in his town union. You know, you know there are town unions. You understand that? All those kind of uh, on the on the where's the on where's it on on in Digbo, you know different uh, smaller groups you know that was a big one smaller groups and some people are so involved that's some of you now even as I'm talking now you're looking at the time we get meeting you know. all <laughs> <You> understand <laughs> they're so involved so one day and you know, I was trying to understand the, psych- the, the, the philosophy behind it. So I, I was talking to someone, and I engaged brethren a lot. And I said, so um, what do you people do? They said, well, you know, we, we look out for one another. We promote what's happening in our village. We try to impact our community and all that. And I said, okay. So I asked further questions. The person might be here, so <laughs> I asked further questions. And then later, and I said, what I got from the discussion was, he wants them to bury him well. Amen. Finish. That they know how to bury. Chai. <laughs> I say so. All this is about burial. <laughs> so all of this is about burial. It's about burial. Life is more than that. Hallelujah. Are we together? Is more than that. When we get to heaven, we are not going to be rewarded for how sophisticated our burials were. 
Amen. Say, ah, come this way. Your burial was very organized. <laughs> you go that way. <laughs> Nobody came for your burial. <laughs> That's not going to be. It's our works that will be tried. First Corinthians 3. It's our works that will be tried. Hallelujah. What we did. The work of the ministry. Amen. What built up the body of Christ. What reached people with the gospel. That's what's going to count at the end of the day. Fulfilling our mandates. Giving expression to what God has put within us. That's what's going to count at the end of the day. It's not how many town unions you joined. Hallelujah. That have become distractions. Even in those unions, you are not influencing anybody. Now, if you're in a town union, for example, and in that town union, you are channeling them towards the gospel. You are impacting their lives. That would be an awesome place. Amen. But now they are the ones influencing you. You are in church here, you speak it all, la 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 la. Glory to God. When you reach here, you drink lager. So who is influencing who? They don't speak in tongues in that place. When you are here, you speak in tongues. When you go there, you do what they are doing. When they come here, they don't join you and speak in tongues. Amen. Are you understanding me? You come here, they don't, they don't act, they don't join you and do what you are doing. That means they are influencing you more than you are influencing them. And that's not the way it should be. Hallelujah. That's not the way it should be. If you belong to any association, make sure you are the Jesus in that association. You are the influence of the kingdom in that place. You are the reason why things are going the way it should go. Amen. If not, my brother, leave the place. If the place is influencing you more than you are influencing it, then you shouldn't be there. Hallelujah. Someone introduced me to his friend. They've been friends for a long time. So, I asked Shane, just like sharing the gospel with a friend. Then I asked him, this is a friend, has he ever preached to you? He said, yes, today I even knew that he goes to church. And this person I'm preaching to had seen me maybe on television or something. So he said, I didn't even know he was your, you, this guy, yeah, you are his pastor. You know, that I've always wanted to know you. I didn't even know him. That means that he doesn't even talk about church. Don't talk about Jesus. Nothing. Are you understanding me? Let me just go a little further. Some of you have been here in Renaissance Assembly for years. If I come into your house, there's nothing to show that you are a member of Renaissance. Hello? Are we together? I was encouraging brethren to visit brethren one time. I said, you cannot really know somebody until you visit them. Amen. Are you understanding? You can't really know someone until you visit them. In university days, I went to see a, a, a young man, you know, and um, as I entered his room, I understood his philosophy of life. I understood why he was doing I, He was someone that I didn't understand what he was doing. Because he was involved in politics on campus. And I just felt he was a rude fellow. Are you understanding me? Loud-mouthed loud and all that. So the day I went to his room, for whatever reason, we were invited to his room. And I got to his room. As I entered the room. 
The first thing I saw on one corner was Karl Marx, the picture. Huh? Then another point, Gandhi. Another place, uh, one other person, Malcolm, no, uh, Malcolm X, not Karl Marx, Malcolm X. Then, um, what's the other guy? Martin Luther. Those are the pictures on the wall. Then, on one corner, how to organize a revolution. How to organize a protest. <laughs> Those are the things that were on the wall. As I entered there, I said, okay, I understand. <laughs> I've known the guy since, if I mention the name, he's in the public view today. It's the same thing he's been doing. Amen. Now, if I come to your house, or your office, or your room, your conviction should speak. Amen. In the space that you stay in. Am I communicating? Are we together? So if I come in, what will I see? I'm not saying that now, when you go home, now go and arrange something. Are you understanding me? <laughs> no, no. You know, what will I see? It shows what you really believe. A Christian that has been saved for a long time was building his own house. His own house he built. Built and was... I said, what is this thing you are building here? What is this thing you building here? He says, a bar, a bar, a wine bar. I said, what do you need a wine bar for? Wine bar is for people that shack different kinds of things. You understand what I mean? Spirits, this one, that one. If you are drinking um, juice and wine, what do you need a wine bar for? Amen. You didn't think of putting where you keep your Bibles. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wine bar. Investing money, say, I want this place, this place to be marble, I want this place to be this, I want to be, it's your convictions. Amen. Are you listening to me? So there's some people, even if you enter some people's car, you just enter the car, you will think that he is, uh, what's the name of this joint? That is, that is, that's, um, Casablanca. You think you're inside Casablanca. Unless it has changed now. You think you're inside Casablanca. You think you're inside Casablanca. But he's a believer. Amen. You know, let's assume you didn't know the owner of the car. You just entered the car and just pressed for whatever is playing to play. You just hear, Six million ways to die! Choose one! <laughs> That's the best thing you hear. From beginning to end, you will not hear gospel. You will not hear anything that promotes the kingdom. That means that your convictions is expressing itself. Listen, you can change your convictions. Amen. Deliberately. Deliberately. They visited the family all over the house. Indian movie, Indian movie, Indian movie, Indian movie, Indian movie. Are you a Hindu? <laughs> Amen. When they come into your space, you see, you can change that your space to reflect what you believe in Christ. Amen. Your young lady, the picture on your wall is Beyonce. Then you're wondering why. Said, <laughs> let's not go there. There's no Bible in your room, apart from the one in your phone. There's no Christian literature around you. There's no 
female believer that you look up to. Amen. You want to be like Beyonce. So even your prayer, you're praying like Beyonce. You're praying Beyonce prayers. How, 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 how will that happen? There are some young men that are tailoring their lives after Mafia Capones. You want to be respected in this life? Listen to me. <laughs> Let Christ be your greatest influence. Amen. And it's not religious talk. No, it's not. It's not. Because you know why some of you, there's confusion. There's confusion because you've not made up your mind what you want to be like. You've not made up your mind. I believe in makeup. Hello? I believe makeup is an idea from heaven. Because if it is down, you can make it up. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there are some things that are not makeup. Are you understanding me? Then I make a way. Are you understanding me? <laughs> I like, sister, come, come. What, what are you trying to achieve? You watched a music video. And you now copied it and came for Sunday service. What do you want to achieve? We are not doing a music video today. Amen. We don't have a music video today. When we have a music video, you can do that one. Amen. I've seen make, and I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not so concerned about those kind of things, you know. But there are some make that I even Eh? Come. <laughs> Do you have friends? They don't like you. You're wondering how, where the, the brother last time I sent you text, I stopped sending you text. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's the makeup. Are you understanding? Hallelujah. Say, God loves me. And that's why he's telling me all these things. Amen. <laughs> Amen. To help me. Amen. To help me. Listen. Let the world not be your greatest influence. Whether it is in dressing, in how you talk, in how you live. Amen. Let the world not your greatest be. Don't let the world not be your standard. Amen. I was correcting, you know, we, we sometimes we do red carpet events, you know, maybe we have convention or something. And I was correcting the ideology, you know, behind the red carpets. Because somebody just copy something and bring it into church. Why do they do those things? So, I said, now, there's nothing wrong about the red carpet event where we're trying to talk about the event before we come in and try to know who and who is around and all that and all that, you know, and make things look beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But I have a problem when you start asking, what are you wearing? As they do. Are you understanding me? Maybe in Grammys and all that. Say, what are you wearing? Say, well, the, the shoe is a lobotu, lo and then the, the cap is a dizidi. Are you understanding me? Say, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Then Christians are copying it now. What are you wearing? Can't you ask, what scripture did you read this morning? Amen. Is it, are you understanding me? Ah, what, what, what revelation came to your heart today as you were coming for this event? What are, there are better questions to ask. What are you wearing? Then you just start making believers to lie. The guy doesn't even know what he's wearing. He said, my brother, give me. <laughs> I collected it from that sister. I don't know what it is. How many people know what they are wearing? Passing by my one, sorry. <laughs> Bought it. He said, what are we wearing? Glory to God. Help me tell someone, let the world not be your standard. Let Christ be your greatest inspiration. Amen. That's important, right? Alright, so, and, and because these things, um, why am I focusing on these things? These are the things that are distracting some believers from growing. When I hear about believers that said they couldn't go to church on Sunday because they couldn't find what to wear, it shocks me. I wore blue last week. I wore white next week. I wore this and that. This week now I must give them a red, man. I must give them a red. I must give them a red. If I don't have a red, I'm not going to church. And because of red, he didn't come to church. Hi. Is I don't know what to say to you. Please wear the blue and come. Wear the one you wore before and come. Nothing is going to happen. Amen. You know, I'm amazed that, that some people don't even know whether you're changing your clothes. They don't even know. Nobody knows somebody's business. Some people say, oh, how? There's somebody that even tell you you're looking good. If you ask them, what did I wear? They say, I can't remember. I just know that. Uh... And then you're killing yourself. Your makeup finished. On Saturday. So on Sunday you're not going to go to church. Because your makeup finished on Saturday. Please come. Amen. I said please come. Now, you know, this thing you might think is not a serious thing. There are some sisters that ah, after their salvation is makeup oh. Let those things never hinder you from serving God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? It shouldn't hinder you. Lift your right hand. Say, spiritual growth is happening in my life. I declare from here, I'm going forward. I'm growing from strength to strength. My spirit is developing. Every expression that God has put in my spirit, I yield to the Spirit of God for it to find expression. In Jesus' name. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Were you blessed today? Put those hands together and just bless the name.
Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of faith around the world.